everybody. Welcome to Insufferable Bastards. My name is Carlos Danger for the purposes of this broadcast, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Brian Spears. Hello, Brian. Hello, hello. Ooh, a husky voice you're going with today. So we have a packed panel, as you can see, and I actually had to write down their names. There's so many people in here. I've never met any of these people before. But uh, our guests are uh, Stevie Lou from the Blunt Smoker Video Podcast, which you could find on Spotify. Hello, Stevie Lou. Hey, Carlos. Hey, uh, Brian. I hope this isn't one of those podcasts where the host scolds his guests and tells them what he can and can't say, uh, like Ray DeVito's. No. No, I didn't tell you just not to say any slurs and don't get me fired right before it, we went live. It's, it's truly unfortunate and unforgivable what he did to you the other day on his podcast, and I just wanted to apologize on his behalf. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I was muzzled by, by Ray DeVito. It's gone to his head. We could talk about that more a little later now that he's part of the Shuley Collective. Uh, also, making a return appearance to the podcast, our old friend Matt from Mondo Creepy, which you can find on YouTube. Hello, Matt. Hello, greetings and salutations. And then certainly uh, last but not least, it's STF Shane. He's an artist, right? He put his little bio. He's the only guy that used the oil oh, Matt did too. Uh, he's an artist. You can find his uh, pictures, his hand drawings of Jason Voorhees at various bars in uh, upstate Western New York. Welcome to the broadcast, Shane. Thank you. So I figure we're going to talk about a couple of things, right? Topic number one we'll get to is uh, Chad Zumach versus Steel Toe, right? We got a comment on that. Apparently, every YouTube live stream at the moment, Saturday afternoon, is commenting on this thing. Then I wanted to talk a second about how Ray DeVito mania is sweeping the nation. And then we'll talk in depth about Tom Sizemore, the great character actor from the 90s who passed away yesterday. Condolences to his children and family. Uh, Tom Sizemore. We'll go through the good, the bad, and the very ugly mm. of Tom Sizemore. And there uh, is there is uh, a lot. Say, go ahead, Stevie Lou. You you had planned this episode before the actual passing of Tom. Is that correct? Yeah. I don't want to get into it, but let's just say, yeah. So, okay. And again, not trying to break down anything here, but you do have some journalism experience, correct? Yes. Cool. So, when you guys in that field, you see someone has like a massive stroke, uh, has been put on maybe death's door, uh, doorstep, you start doing some planning for that big memorandum, no? Oh, obituaries for famous yes, people are you. written in advance. I never worked at a publication uh, the size of which you'd have to do that, though. I had a friend that used to work at TV Guide back in the day. Well, fuck and, him. And she told me that TV uh, Guide. TV Guide. They used to do like these big, you know, TV special Guide's not issues. journal. You're going to hit me with TV Guide. Well, they used to like plan these things like years ahead of time for people. They had like a there whole no bunch of in TV Guide. It was they the had list special. On. No, but they had special issues of TV Guide for like famous people in case they died. Don't I dox read TV me. TV Guide religiously. Me too. S still? Not now. <laughs> right? Not as much. Not as much. But Does it, it doesn't exist anymore, anymore right? I don't think it does. I thought it does, but it's like bigger. And uh, the fourth thing, the fourth thing we'll talk about tonight, you sons of bitches, we'll end with three movie re recommendations from Shane down there. I hope you're being prepared, Shane. At the end of this, don't show it now, but you're going to uh, recommend three movies. Shane is a true movie buff. He puts me, Brian, and I'll just throw in Matt to shame. 
Uh, this guy watches a lot of movies and he writes about them late at night, possibly intoxicated on his Facebook page. All right, before we get into our topics, let's do some plugs right off the top because Stevie Lou's a very busy man. He's all over the place. He's like the Charles Grodin of podcast guests. You're on different podcasts every day. Thank you so much for gracing our presence. But uh, what do you got? Blunt Smoker Video, go give your plugs at the top. Yeah, that's right. You, I, I'm also a movie aficionado. I have a movie and cannabis uh podcast called blunt smoker video you can catch that on spotify uh and since this is more of a movie centric podcast today i want to promote my movie stuff folks should go to cuckisland.com to check out the secret of cuck island we're about to get mass uh distribution on that and we may be able to see that on uh tubi in the very near future so i'd love folks to check out cuckisland.com and then keep an eye out for bring on the damned that's the film that i'm currently most actively working on right now. Is that now. a trauma thing? That is correct. Yes. Thank you for asking. Um, that is a, uh, it's a uh, anthology film, a five story anthology film that we've been working on over the past year and change. We're finishing up soon on it. So thank nice. you. Nice. Congratulations on that. And Honey Bun Jr., welcome to the stream. Who are these losers? We're explaining right now. I said who I am and we're going around the panel. Thank you so much uh, for that question. Mondo Creepy. Matt, when's the next Mondo Creepy coming out? Uh, I am currently cutting the next episode right now. We're shooting another one in two weeks. So I'm going to, like I said before, we're going to try and release a whole bunch of them like week after week, try and do it like a real TV season this time. So uh, I'm already trying to write the, the next one after that as well. So it's uh, it's busy, busy in the world of Mondo Creepy. In case you don't know what Mondo Creepy is, it's a horror host show, uh, sort of like Elvira meets USA up all night. And it's nice. uh, hosted by a very sexy lady named Lilith Von Bloodworth. And then, Shane, you have any you have any websites or anything like that where you sell your stuff that you want to plug? To our, I mean, we probably have five people watching. I like to keep it on the underground now. Understood. I wouldn't share with these people either. We got Citizen M, who is, I like Citizen M. Insufferable Bastards, I'm going to need your final decision on Steel Toe versus uh, uh, Nobody Likes Onions. Yes, we're going to talk about that. I'm going to get to that uh, right now. And uh, welcome to the stream. Hello, Bill Loney. Hello, Bad with two Ds. DabbleCon buddies are, are in the chat. Uh, Tony Sal 645 MLC wrap-up show has been straight fire. All right, let's get to it. So we're going to talk about, first of all, yeah, this this feud, this blood feud, this ongoing blood feud between Chad Zumach and Steel Toe Radio or Steel Toe Morning Show. Uh, and I just want to set the table here. It's so involved, and I'm just going to tell it from my point of view, right? Everyone has a different entry point to these feuds and these podcasts and these different shows. But this show, and me specifically, Carlos Danger, not my real name, just for the purposes of this broadcast, I became aware of comic Chad Zumach through Kevin Brennan's podcast, Misery Loves Company, probably during the pandemic because it was in when they were doing these Zoom shows. I liked it right away, and I always liked the way Brennan sort of used Chad as a comic foil on that show. Uh, as part of the whole shtick, Chad always trashed Chrissy Mayer and Frank Pellegrino whom he doesn't like if you are not aware it was a constant topic with chad continued to be a hot topic with chad after he had his falling out with kevin brennan which kept them off misery loves company for a year he talked about them all the time on his sit down zumach podcast and i think from chad's point of view he says they were harassing him and getting other podcasts to attack him i'm sure you've probably all heard uh chad's rants on that and then at some point steel toll radio 
started attacking him on a regular basis. Carl from Who Are These Podcasts started attacking him on a regular basis. And I understand attacking might be a strong, strong word, but that's what I'm going to use. And full disclosure, like this podcast, we did an episode where I went over uh, Chad's arrest report uh, from a while back. So we joined the pile on to some extent after he went to war with Brennan. And that's a whole other sidebar conversation. Chad's response to the attacks, I think, compounded the negative attention that he was receiving. Uh, he made a comment about being cool in high school, which sort of went viral in this dabble verse and dabbler adjacent world. He started doing live streams, walking around his neighborhood, sort of like a crazy person, <laughs> saying the same thing over and over. At one point, he brought Aaron's, the host of Steel Tall Morning Radio, personal life into the feud by naming Aaron's ex-wife. I believe at one point he shared a, wife, a photo of the ex-wife from her public website. She's a children's book author, blah, 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 which a lot of people thought was overlined, including me, including our guest, uh, Stevie Lou. Uh, Chad has been brought back into the Misery Loves Company fold, of course, thanks to Bob Levy. Okay, now, in roughly the last three weeks, I'm going to say, I'll argue that Chad is finally effectively fighting back by using the Who Are These Podcasts format, particularly against Steel Toe. And he's found a worthy ally that Citizen M just mentioned in the form of Patrick Melton from the Everybody Loves Onions podcast. Uh, so I think Chad has been sort of, if you ever saw the movie On the Waterfront, if you remember Terry Malloy played by Marlon Brando, essentially that's Chad. And at the end of the movie, he gets beaten half to death and Carl Malden comes and gives him words of inspiration to make it to work, to make it to the dock, to break the mob. And I feel like that's what Chad is doing right now. And of course, I should mention, there's another, there's, a, there's an OG podcast out there called Sad Chad by the Ski Mask Collective, of which Stevie Lou is, you're a co-host, right? Yeah, uh, that was started by um, our faithful leader, Ski Mask, and uh, Jim Stansel. But uh, Jim Stansel had to kind of give up his duty to a certain degree, so I stepped in. You went Hollywood. The, yeah, I'm like the, the co-host of Sad Chad, which is featured on the Ski Mask Collective Network. Because this is a movie podcast, let's play a clip from On the Waterfront. Let's see if this works. And Chad, <laughs> let me know if this is too loud. That's Steel Toe. That's the Herman Munster, by the way. Is Chad getting beat up by the internet? Just let him lay there. That was chat around DabbleCon, where he was sort of laying bloody. <laughs> you lost the battle, but, but here comes this guy. You have a chance to win the war. I have to do walk. Father. Can you walk? Walk. Yes, walk. <laughs> yeah. This is the last three weeks. Like Muhammad Ali versus George Foreman, Chad is back. Spears, what do you think about that blood makeup there? All right, let's go to work. All right, apologies for that. I just love that movie. If you've never seen On the Waterfront. It's one of the greatest movies ever made. But I do feel, Stevie Lou, like Chad, he's gone from doing those rants around, walking around his neighborhood to doing sort of semi-organized 
broadcasts where he's adapted the who are these podcasts format and patrick melton has really sort of galvanized them uh, and they make i saw a podcast the other day i gotta say it was it was compelling from the minute he went live to the minute you know he hit it and put it on his patreon so i like, knew and i just want to say that, that that's what i have to say and i'll, I'll shut up now and turn it over to you who lot. still <laughs> despite pleas on twitter from atticus flinch to bring harmony to the mlc world oh, you're not ready you're not ready to bury the hatchet with chad for some reason can we go back and like maybe point by point because you just threw no. out a lot there buddy all right, uh, all right so all right. okay first thing let me just completely sideswipe this and say i need you to go back and make a new clip you got to get the John Wayne film, The Quiet Man. And I oh. want you to put John Wayne and the other Irish guy as Steel Toe and Chad duking it out over three counties of Ireland. Uh, that would be my next uh, task. Oh, dude, we watched that, <laughs> The Quiet Man, in my house every single year. It was my mother, God rest her soul, her favorite movie with Maureen O'Hara, The Quiet Man. Right. He throws now I'm going to cry. In, throws the beer in John Wayne's face and he turns and goes, Bartow, and then guy just throws him one, wipes his face off. Fuck, we should just talk about old movies instead of this other current day drama. Uh, it's much more entertaining. But yeah, man. All right. First thing, this guy Patrick Melton. Okay. Oh God, I don't even know. Where now Patrick is. Melton, he's an OG. He is like, he, I think like he came out of nowhere, right? I think he has to be shadow banned because he is like a, a, a veteran of these what podcast o wars. We're children for obnoxious ghoul. Because this guy came out of fucking nowhere, bro. Literally nowhere the other well, day. I don't think this is going to be a continual thing. I think this was a drive-by thing by Patrick Melton. I never heard of it. I'd hate to use that overused line, but I literally had never heard of this guy until the other day. Apparently, he's, he's a veteran around. of the podcast wars. Since, I mean, you've yeah. looked him up, right? Yeah, he's, yeah. Earl, he's like no, Barnes in, in Earl, Platoon. Earl he's like Skagel. Tom Berenger. Earl Skakel vouches for him, you know, so that goes a long way in my book, at least. So, uh, yeah, this guy came out of the blue. Chad is very, very watchable right now, just like a horrific train accident in Pennsylvania is entertaining to watch right now. You know, it was Ohio. Ohio, Ohio. Thank you. Sorry. Thank you. Uh, Palestine or whatever the hell it's called. You know what I mean? So that's more of a apt comparison. If you want to ask me, because Carlos, I hate to say this and I don't want to try to big time you here, but go ahead and big time me. You're a little newer to this Chad Zumach yes. charade. Okay. Yes. Guys like ski mask and Jim Stansel and I have been dug in the fucking sand for the past three years you know and this guy wants to make this thing up like oh i don't know who these guys are i've never done nothing to them no that's not correct chad he's been doing all sorts of underhanded bullshit towards ski mask and jim stancil and i over the past three years so what do we do is we make fun of him that's it we make fun of him now ski mask maybe took an extra step there because he was going after his girlfriend I'm not involved with that specific thing calling the Bahamas, but that did happen. I will say that. So there is maybe not a precedence for the levels of escalation that have occurred, but that's a level of escalation that's occurred right now. Patrick Melton and Chad Zumak were on air encouraging people to contact the Minnesota attorneys general, attorney general, in order to try to dime on some sort of improper way that, steel toe is going about one of his drawings i don't know although Maybe you can you can yeah, help me more uh, understand that because uh, like a, a five second summation is that uh nobody likes onions 
Patrick, I mean, he knows YouTube's ter terms of service because he's really an OG YouTuber. And according to the terms of service, you can't hold a raffle that has any uh, barriers to entry. You can't say you have to pay. It has to be equal. So, but. It's, but here's, that, here's the thing. Minnesota, I don't think an attorney general would exactly. ever would ever go after that. I think it's I think it's funny. That, though. Why, is that funny to suggest that people go and contact their local authorities about a show that's well, doing attorney general is a state. Well, I mean, it's you know, it's like saying you're going to you call up the DMV. That's a waste of public resources and not funny. Or am I just the only one here? If I'm the only one here, then call me the only one, and I'm the crazy one here. I think that's not comedy. I don't think that's even along the lines of shock jockery. It's complete sad rat snake cockroach behavior and fuck patrick melton and fuck chad zumach if you're a comic you should be handling this through comedy although i would say in the context of that particular episode i found it humorous i don't think he was really suggesting and also i mean here's the, here's the whole other thing because i don't have to defend patrick melton right he 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 is infinitely more powerful and all-knowing than a guy in his basement with a fucking falling off the wall uh, uh ikea vanity behind me but like i wonder if in terms of steel toe right steel toe has made a splash over the last year first of all they showed up in everybody's youtube recommendations it seemed like seemingly overnight right they started talking about stuttering john they started talking about chad i found all that pretty entertaining i, I must admit uh, he very gracious to us has mentioned our shitty little podcast on the air more than once when he didn't even have to, you know, like I taken something and just posted something, a clip of whatever. And, uh, he, he credited me like television doesn't do that. Like television news doesn't do that, but it's like, you live by the sword, you die by the sword. If you, if you're the whole thing of your show is to ride the latest internet moron, or lolcal or whatever the kids call it eventually you're they're going to come back it's going to bite you like how do you respond to that and then the other thing earl skakel god bless him sage wise man very sexy 54 years old still has a six-pack uh he said if you're going to do that if you're going to be like steel toe and engage in that type of show you can never predict how the target or the person you're having fun with is going to react and you run the risk of that person like Chad Zumach has done doing something that you find highly offensive. Isn't that part and parcel? No, sure. That's all valid. I, I gotta say, especially the way that you deliver that information very measured, like it's hard to disagree with you. Uh, I just gotta say though, uh, that, you know, these guys are just going about the wrong way. They're going about the wrong way. And I just, I don't see, uh, you're right. Okay, I think that ski man, uh, Steel Toe may have gotten a little bit out over his skis and maybe he got into a bigger pond situation where he's not new to broadcasting. As we know, he's got his own career as a broadcaster, but he is new to these larger circle comedy podcast beefs that can span state lines and country lines now at this point and will apparently from time to time involve the authorities and people's loved ones, you know, without, without warranting that that's what's and, happening right now. And let know? me ask you, Stevie, though, cause you've been on Twitter pushing back at Patrick. You've got more guts than I, cause I've just been like, I'm not even going to touch this. Like I was afraid to talk about this right now. Cause who needs the headache? Uh, cause you lose either way. Cause someone's going to not like what you say, but why have you felt the need to sort of go after Patrick the way you have? Cause you're not directly involved. Yeah, I, I should, 
make one of these disclaimer statements like you did before that, you know what, I got along with Steel Toe. I've been listening to his show. I comment during his show on his live chat and he'll sometimes read my comments out loud. We've had some DM conversations offline. He's invited me to come on his show before. So I am kind of a bit of a steel toe guy. And on the other side of the coin, I've had nothing but insane problems with Chad Zumach over stupid comedy beef over the past couple of years. You know what I mean? What was your take? I am playing a bit of, sides here sure what was your take on steel toe going after kevin brennan maybe going after too strong of a word again but when he sort of said hey at 37 I, I'm, I'm sorry you're an old man and your career's not no, what you want it to be no let's not punch the whole punches back here he's definitely going after him right now and i think that uh steel toe sees that as kind of a response to some attacks that he's had to uh withstand you know, it seemed like, I mean, fucking Steel Toe was on Kevin Brennan's show not too long ago, and there seemed to have been some sort of, like, good vibes happening there. Chad was left off the broadcast. Everybody laughed about it. You know, everybody loves laughing at Chad. Let's not get that twisted for a second, you know? But uh, I think that, like, the bad blood, bad fucking vibe, bad juju shit that Chad brings to the table is starting to seep over, sadly, a little bit into Kevin's world. And now, you know, he's locked up with this guy. And it's this old phrase that I've been using a lot lately. People have worked themselves into a shoot. I think there's been a lot of working ourselves into shoots, me included, in this whole scenario, you know? All right. And I don't know how much, because we could really talk about this all day. There's so much involved. I've been, like, running in my head when I look at... uh, steel toe over the last couple of months you know he did he he he, uh he's he he went after he didn't go after again that's not the phrase i mean to use but he sort of uh he took a shit on the dabblers and dabblers anonymous because there was like two days there where people were they started to turn on shuli and for two days the thought out there was that well shuli doesn't credit uh, uh, uh content from reddit right and that was really not the reason why people started to turn on Shuli was deeper than that and it went back to his howard stern days because he has some haters like brian my co-host who for whatever reason <laughs> no matter what Shuli does it's not good enough. A hack. That's uh, all, you know. but but i thought like aaron he kind of he started to that started to turn dabblers unanimous is that the name of it? Dabblers Anonymous. Dabblers Anonymous was the the rabbi who's since disappeared. Uh, <laughs> it, that subreddit got, he, he sort of stirred up a little hornet's nest there. And then going after Kevin Brennan a little bit, I think people might have thought he was overstepping his reach in that regard. And then the whole Levy blowback thing, which now has is still sort of living on. And I guess we'll see where it goes from here. Steve, do you think like any of this damage is permanent to Steel Toe? Or is it just the fact like he had a committed audience before he got into stuttering John? And maybe now he's just losing sort of the associated casual listeners uh, like me who are more into Howard Stern and Kevin Brennan stuff. Yeah, he's been growing massive. Massive growth over the past six months, as you've said. He's kind of inserted himself into a lot of different communities uh, one way or another, you know, and that's no knock at the guy. He's just got great ethic, and he goes after it, and he's got a good delivery uh, to my, at least uh, in my opinion. I know some people disagree with me there. Uh, I think that he could back out completely from these fights and do a sort of blacklist. We don't mention this shit anymore, and he'll be fine. You know, he could back out like Homer walking back into the bush out of this whole thing and be fine. 
unfortunately, it's a lot more fun and it's a lot more addicting to get involved with the drama. I know this firsthand. I'll speak from my own personal experience. So it's it's tough. You know, you could say I don't want to deal with Chad no more, but then fucking a week later shit starts to come up again man i, I don't know what to say and that's I'm what happened with steel toe because steel toe once before washed his hands of chad <laughs> and then i think chad's accurate when he says that opie brought it up and then suddenly uh chad was back uh shane t french what are your thoughts <laughs> shane what are you as someone who knows nothing about any of this does it just sound like we're insane people does it sound like I'm, we've like cooked a batch of meth Go ahead. I'm pretending that I'm watching a foreign broadcast with no subtitles, but I think the chick in the red hat is really hot. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, let's catch up with uh, the chat, Brian. Has there been should, how far? Oh, wow, there's a lot of chat. There's a lot, but I, uh, you know, some of it's just people back and forth. <laughs> I see. Uh, let's see. This is Rod Campbell. Baby, there's a hoe, and he's just jealous. He hates to see Chad win. I don't. I think that might be in reference to, I guess, to Stevie Lou. Because uh, we've made I mean, now we've put Stevie Lou in this in the situation of, of being the steel toe well, defender. I think, I think they do call steel toe steel hoe some of the oh, uh, steel toe fans. I wasn't so aware of that. I, I could be the hoe there, or Aaron could be the hoe there. Either one works. Howard Stern, uh, trivia expert and mega fan and original dabbler. Jared says Bachman Turner Overdrive. Uh, Got to be funny first before making comedy. I I I, I yeah. Uh, Stevie is just mad the tide has turned. Chad and Patrick are on top. You got Tony right. Sal. Uh, let's see. What else? Jared says he was 86 from Steel Toe Chat. I used bad words. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Uh, Tony says Earl loves it. Is he crazy too, Stevie? Yeah. What about that, Stevie? No, you're allowed to like what you like. You know, I'm never going to tell people to not like what they like. I just think that people taking actions that go past the line of reason is a problem. And I love Earl Skakel. I got no problems with Earl. I, Earl Skakel, he's the man. Uh, Citizen M, I don't hate Chad, but he's nothing. NOL, and Nobody Loves Onions is a worthy and formidable opponent, the exact thing Aaron has publicly asked for before. I agree with that. And Citizen M is definitely an matter. expert on these matters because he's, he's watching and commenting on all of this uh mr b nice is there a naked guy behind spears i guess now's the time we should explain that brian is a special effects makeup artist uh he's no, worked on american horrors naked guys at the house is that a naked guy behind you is that a naked because usually you have a naked about me or or shane there's no naked guy that's a naked woman you know that's what it is because it's it's small on the screen possibly because on my thing it kind of looks like it, it could be yeah. a naked dude behind well you. if it's a naked dude i don't have any small naked dudes here i only have <laughs> naked dudes yeah what so, are its pronouns Brian, do you want to plug anything? Can you can you talk about anything you're working on right now? I, I'm working on can you big three time of the biggest all? shows that I've ever been on TV, and I can't say a damn thing. So figure oh. that out. Uh, nice. But I, you know, I have a couple things. But I do want to say this: the Chad stuff. As the casual listener here, I love it. Like, like if you guys are all going to get along, I'm just I'm leaving wherever this is going to go. Like, if there's not infighting yeah. and not arguments, that's the only reason I'm listening. <laughs> I don't I don't get I don't follow any of this stuff. I don't post i have this is my real face this is my real house i don't do you know i'm not anonymous i the whole reason i'm here is for the fights and yeah. and these arguments and this i mean i think we're all dorks i think we're all losers we're all 40 year old men pushing 50 you know sitting yeah. in our rooms talking about dork stuff so in that aspect we're all guilty of all of this i don't particularly like either one i mean i 
I do think Chad is a criminal, but I love that he's fighting back. And maybe All right, hey, let's, look, the one thing I learned is let's not fuck with Chad. I don't need that kind of yeah. heat on me. Yeah, he's totally cucked really me. Quick, um, Brian, getting arrested on the TV show Cops uh, does not count as working on a show right now. So there's only two shows that you're really working on. Let's be serious. Tony Sal says, I do kind of miss the horror stuff. Thoughts on Scream 6? I'm going to throw that to Shane. He is the resident Scream expert. I did, what, is this the one now? It's Jason Takes Manhattan Scream? Is that what's going on? Yes. What are your thoughts, Shane? <laughs> oh, Shane, no I... slurs, by the way. I forgot to tell you this. Because Shane's right. one of the guys we had him on last time. Had to do a little editing. Uh, I don't right. need to be. I mean, you guys can say what you want, but I don't want to lose my job for it okay. is what I'm trying to say. I went to see Cocaine Bear and the trailer for Scream 6 came up and I just looked at my phone and started scrolling. And then the trailer for Champions with Woody Harrelson and all the mentally handicapped and Down Syndrome kids and basketball basketball came on. And I couldn't take my eyes off the screen. But if you told me in 97 or whenever Scream 2 came out that I wouldn't be watching a Scream trailer and paying attention, I would be like, I wouldn't want to live in that world. Why? What's what's wrong with the Scream trailer that turned you off? Well, Scream Five sucked so bad; it was just horrible. It's just I, more uh, of the same. It's just I a just cash grab. Any, I'm, just not, I'm not excited for it, which sucks because it was like one of my favorite things. By the way, but, the ending oh, for Scream Six has already been leaked. Oh gosh! Oh. Don't tell me. Yeah, it was like a big chatter. controversy a couple of weeks ago. Like literally, somebody released the video of the ending. That sucks. It was all over the internet. And it was Chad Zumok. <laughs> Beloved Chatter's loved one says Winnie the Pooh, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey. Anyone uh that's the horror movie that's coming out? Getting bad reviews. Bad. Mm. Mr. Be Nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Five women mark safe while I watch the show. Wow. Keep up the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> Cocaine Bear fucking ruled ruled Bill Loney says. Oh, that's okay. the funniest. Thank you. Uh, who was that, Mr. Be Nice? Also, I think be- right before we went to air, I think it was Shane had mentioned that uh, if anybody's watching live today, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street is playing this evening, March 4th, 2023. Is that correct? Was that Shane? Did you yeah, say that? Yeah, it should be at 7.30. At least it is out here. Across so the nation. In the middle of nowhere that this movie is still playing every day. Jesus, well, give it a rest, well, I guys. To, I got to drive to Erie, so that's kind no, of is it. Shane, do you know, is it like a remastered uh, cut or yeah, it's anything? Just on Street. The original? Yeah. Still? Great it's probably film. on DVD and they're going to project it. Who knows? That's yeah, like half. Yeah, that's a half the movies now. Usually just digital projection, I think. All right, let's let's uh, let's go on to our second topic, right? Let's talk about... Oh, wait, no, I said, oh, Ray DeVito mania real fast. Let's, let's, Ray DeVito is a friend of the show. He's had me on his podcast several times because he's had some type of falling out with Stevie Lou. What happened to you guys? <laughs> how, well, how come I've replaced you as his go-to can't get no. anybody else guest? I was joking before when I said we had a falling out. Me and Ray, I think he just gets nervous about exactly what you were just talking about let's not rehash a second of the last 30 minutes of this show exactly what you just said is the reasons why ray is a little hesitant to bring me on as quick but ray and i still talk all the time once a week probably about something or another and he's coming to new york city for tuesday his show at the stand so folks if you're in new york city or the surrounding area this tuesday again if you're watching live ray devito is performing his monthly show at the stand very dirty. All right. So 
He's got now his, the Rock Bottom podcast is on the Shuley Network. Congratulations to Ray DeVito for that. But we were sort of private messaging each other, or maybe I shouldn't say that. We were, or, uh, never mind. But all right, so the first couple of guests that Ray ha had on weren't exactly Shuley Network target audience guests. Right? I thought the last one he did where he talked to the chat at the beginning of it, that was great. That was, but he needs to, he needs to have like somebody from this world on, I think a little bit to solidify himself with those new fans and to sort of introduce himself to the Shuley network fans who may or may not know who Ray DeVito is and his history of, of, of bunking with serial killers and uh, all the dark seizures, side stuff. Yeah. He's got like bad seizures that he's had to deal with. Uh, I think that's one thing that you maybe can pick up uh, knowing Ray for the little amount of time that you have that that guy beats to his own fucking drum. You know, you don't tell Ray what to do. So Ray goes with his ideas and he sticks with his pay. ideas. And I got to say, man, right now he's getting like, you know, a lot of live viewers tuning in every Tuesday, Thursday, every Thursday at 1 p.m. He's 1 p.m. Eastern time. He's on the Shuley Network. Uh, and then that video is going up on the Shuley Net page and he's now, clocking a, a thousand. All right, views, all right, all right. Enough, enough kissing Ray DeVito's ass. Are you, really? how pissed are you? He hasn't invited you on. He hasn't invited me on. Yeah, it's, it's a little. Little tough We're like to Friday night, 1130. Oh, let's have Stevie Lou on. It's true. When he's high out of his mind. Holy shit. Yes. Yeah, talking about smoking weed. You guys call me a pothead. Bill Loney wants to know, why does Spears always look like he's taking his shit? Brian, do you want to? <laughs> Bill Loney's a friend. Because I am taking his shit. This is the there one time I sit down and you know enjoy myself. Beloved Chatter's loved one says, Ray does a lot of shows with Norman. I wonder if he'll get him on. Maybe a bigger get than you guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Fuck you, beloved Chatter's loved one. Uh, all right. Tom Sizemore died. 61 years old. Slipped into a coma, I think about two weeks ago. Brain aneurysm. Uh, I guess got taken off life support yesterday. And so I thought we would talk about what his legacy will be uh, as a performer. And I think we'll talk about like the good, the bad, and the ugly of the guy, right? This will be the, now we're 34 minutes in and we're at our main topic. Uh, I'll argue, and anybody can jump in here, he was the best or one of the best character actors from the 1990s. I yeah. think in terms of the whole pantheon of character actors, he's up there with like a Warren Oates. Ernest Borgnine, right? Everyone kind of thinks of Ernest Borgnine as a doddering or dittering old man. But, I mean, the guy was in the Wild Bunch. From here to eternity, he was the bad guy, right? And I think Tom Sizemore is that level of character actor. I think the only person that maybe in the 90s gave him a run for his money was Gary Oldman. So what are your thoughts, Matt? I know uh, it's five people, and I've been talking nonstop. What are your thoughts on Tom Sizemore? The good. Let's not talk about the bad or the sex tape. We'll get to all that. But let's talk about the good first. Okay, Matt? All right. I'll be back in a half hour. Let me know when you get to the sex tape. <laughs> if you look at the run that he had in the 90s, it was incredible. I mean, you, every major director that you could possibly think of, this guy worked with Spielberg, Oliver Stone, uh, God, who else? Uh, I mean, I guess technically Tarant Scorsese, uh, Tarantino wrote uh, True Romance. I mean, Tony Scott was also a, a major, major Hollywood director as well. Dennis just, Quaid. He worked Den with Dennis Quaid as a director. And and just really? the body of work. Wide Earp. That's right. That was Lawrence Kasdan. That was, was Lawrence the director. Kasdan. Kasdan. Was it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kevin Costner. Kevin Costner. 
yeah. production. Wow, I was way off yeah. on that. Jesus but, Christ. But just the body of work, you look at that that list of movies, that's as good as it as it possibly gets in that era. Let's throw out some uh clips. I have like 10 clips. Uh, starting with okay. Harley Davidson and go ahead, Stevie Lou. Really quick. So I, I have a quick argument. Like if you're going to put him and Oldman as character actors, I say that they had both of those guys, especially Oldman had starring roles that they yeah, far, far to have. Um, yeah. So let's talk about 19. I'm talking about specifically 1991 okay. to about. Yeah. Okay. Then yeah. Yeah. I, not only do I agree with you, then I think that there will never be another Tom Sizemore type actor to ever grace our our presence again. The way that Hollywood has evolved, that we'll never have another Tom Sizemore. Then that he was that amazing and that much of a crazy person. Yeah, it's like the character actors from like the '70s and, and the '80s and '90s. Now they're sort of on HBO, maybe if any, if that. Now at this point, like there's no character. Now it's all Marvel movies and bullshit that Shane. Well, yeah, you're not allowed to be. A Tom Sizemore anymore. It's just not appropriate. <laughs> like, it's like, like I, I know we can't talk about the bad right now, but that's to me what makes him such a good actor. Mikey right. Shitted says Saving Private Ryan and Black Hawk Down were huge. Here's a clip I was going to say, Brian, I remember seeing this in the theater with you Harley Davidson and the yeah. Marlboro Man. I don't wow. think I've seen it since it, 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 I, I saw watch it, it once a, a year. This movie's so bad, it's so good. Yeah, I've never seen it, so I sh guess I should. So this is Sizemore plays ostensibly the bad guy, right? He's like the banker sort of money. Uh, this was, of course, this was like, you know, coming out of the 80s, greed is good error. He's and it's a futuristic movie, right? And like one of the Baldwin brothers is, is dressed in a black trench coat. The whole it's I totally see Harley Davidson on the, on the Marlboro Man. I to kill you, but I, I do. Hmm, I do right. Might now. be a little low for people. Sorry. <laughs> course a helicopter shows up yeah it's mickey rourke it's harley davidson it is uh, mickey all the rourke. cocaine they did on this movie Ooh. set oh God. and don johnson and and that's one thing i should well that's well that's the bad that's the bad first we're going to celebrate his life as a as a performer and an artist okay what'd you do you pay him no man, that was your money. You paid him. Nice. See you, Carrera. <laughs> has a little die die hard to it. Robocop. Little DC little DC cat. Not a green screen. So that's that. We got Mr. Be Nice, who's now my Amazing. favorite chatter. He says, Saving Private Ryan was dumb. <laughs> I wouldn't trade a Hanks for a Damon. Why would they save him? Just so he can steal luggage? I don't think Saving Private Ryan is a perfect movie. But uh, And here's Sizemore, one of his early films. Like, So I was reading his memoir, uh, whose name escapes me. It's like, oh, it's called uh, By Some Miracle, I Made It Out of There. By Some Miracle, I Made It Out of There, a memoir. I'm on page like 162. But uh, so he's, he's raised in Detroit. He gets involved in drugs, like even before he's in Hollywood, right?
right? Drugs were a thing for him before he became famous. And the, the memoir, actually, I'm going into the bad a little bit, but Catherine Bigelow was really big to him when he started off. Uh, Oliver Stone, he was accepted almost immediately into the big time uh, studio productions of the late 80s and early 90s. Here he is uh, in an uncredited role, although there's a character name in the movie, in the Point Break. Yes. There's two keys. This Uncut. is incredible. Crystal meth. Oh, shit. Special aid in Utah. I'd like you to meet Agent Dietz. Works for the DEA. He was working deep cover until you... You think decided. I like this hair, man? Huh? I think I like these clothes. You think I like these clothes? My wife wants me to stay at Ramada. I've been working on these fuckers for three months! Three months! Now, I finally got him wanting to play Wheel of Fortune with me so I can find out who the suppliers is, and you fucking cowboys show up. Nice tattoo, Dietz. Oh, you like that, Pathos, huh? Fuck you. Yes, yeah. we got what John McGinley, Gary Busey, BYB podcast. He was similar to William Forsythe. Yeah, go ahead. See, he acts Keanu Reeves out the fucking room in that scene right there. Anybody you can see could. that Keanu Reeves does not know how to handle that properly. That energy that he brought was so real and raw. Like Spears said, his real mental issues come off in that scene. He actually grabbed his fucking hair. And like pulled on it, man. He sold the shit out of that. That was a scene that I wanted to bring up, and I'm glad you did. Then we got BYB. Oh, I'm sorry, beloved chatters, loved ones saying, is Michael Matson in the discussion? Reservoir Dogs, Donnie Brasco wired up. I, I for a long time, I think in the nineties, Michael Matson and Tom Sizemore were almost the same person. Tom and- Sizemore is the godson to Michael Madsen's one of <laughs> Michael Madsen's kids. Really? Yep. Oh no kidding. They were close. I didn't yeah, realize they were, that. Like, close. Well, yeah, because I mean those two guys are very similar like in the sense that their off-screen life feeds into their who their characters are and Sizemore claimed he claimed that he was up for the Sopranos also he had a history of lying like documented ordered by a court to tell the truth he was that level uh, of a liar but I mean uh, he claims he like him and James because in in the 90s James Gallandafini was also sort of that big swarthy uh receding hairline Italian guy and I'm sure there was a list of 30 billion people that could have been Tony Soprano. Because I know there was three other actors. There was three other actors that I know of that, you know, were rumored to be that character. And I think we could all probably agree. Oh no, actually, no, I'm going to miss, I'm going to misquote myself, but true romance was a big deal uh, for Tom Sizemore where he had a small role. Yeah, see, I think he's better in a small way. Yes, that's the. I'm kind of hoping that his tombstone will actually read, You're an actor, motherfucker. Act. Act. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Give me, you motherfucker. He's bluffing you, Elliot. He's bluffing you. Can't you see that? Come on, I want to hear you say it. I want to hear you say Clarence. You are without a doubt. Shut up. Say it, goddammit. I want to hear you say it. Clarence, you are without a doubt the dumbest motherfucker I've ever seen on the face of the planet. Say it. Motherfucker. Apparently I'm not as dumb as you fucking think I am, am I, huh? Come on, what the fuck is waiting for us up there, huh? What the fuck's waiting for us? It's gonna shoot him. Tell me I'm gonna pump you <laughs> in your face right here, right now. <laughs> it's not gonna shoot him. Clear enough, motherfucker. It's gonna shoot him. Like Nick Carter used to say, if I'm wrong, I swear to God, I'll fucking apologize, all right? Something's amiss, I can feel it. If anything out of the ordinary goes down, I swear to God, you are going to be the first one shot. Clarence, he didn't do anything. What the fuck? Shut up, all right? I'm going to blow this motherfucker away. Fuck you. I wish somebody would 
is just come and get me because I don't like this anymore. Get all of your shit, you fucking sissy. And I wish somebody would just come and take me away. Just take me away. Hang in there, Elliot. God damn it. I can't face this. I'm sorry, but I just can't. And if there was somebody would just come to my rescue, everything would be all right. Elliot. Elliot. What? I'm sorry, all right? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Friends. What's with this guy? Go ahead, Stevie Lou. So I got something on that. You picked the right scenes, man. Um, can you imagine that's Quentin Tarantino's dialogue that they're reading off there? Because that was his film. I don't know. They say that they kind of fucked up his original premise and work a little bit. But potentially that was Quentin's dialogue that Chris Penn and Sizemore are reading off there, doing a great job. There are several great scenes where it's Nikki Dimes is uh, Chris Penn's character. And it's Cody Nicholson or something like that is Sizemore. And I think that's a better than good performance. That's legendary shit right there. Like I'm look, I'm looking at uh, Sizemore's IMDb on my other screen here. It's like heart and souls, right? I mean, that's a, a lot of chicks dig that. True romance. But he was like nominated, like Saturn nominated for that performance for best supporting yes, actor yeah. in uh, Hearts and Soul. That was like a big. That was his big breakthrough in Hollywood, probably. Like that got him more notice and got him all those directors' attention was it, that actual striking movie. distance Wyatt Earp and then Natural Born and I'm showing these clips yeah. sort of in in, in uh, chronological order. Yeah, you can't order. skip over Natural Born Killers. Yeah. That was Seymour Scagnetti. That's he, the guy is that's probably the also referenced in Reservoir Dogs. Scagnetti, right? Yeah, Scagnetti. That Scagnetti fuck is a creep, man. He uh, went for two rapes in that film, man. There's very. I can't think of many other characters in Hollywood history that went for more than one rape in a movie, you know? <laughs> Ian Hawk, this movie room podcast is all over the place in the description. Thank you, Ian Hawk. Uh, Skagnetti, yes, son of Billy Wagner. Skagnetti. Shane, you're a particular fan of Natural Born Killers. I know Brian is not, so maybe we'll have you guys duke it out for a second can you tell us what you like like why is because that's a, it's a special movie to you from what i understand i saw, it, I saw it 10 times in the movie theater and i don't know i just think like film wise it's amazing the dp bob richardson who's considered one of the best dps in the entire world didn't want to do it and oliver stone said if if you do this i'll let you use any single camera any lens any film stock you want and he took it as Oh, I can do all these experiments so that for the future films I want to make. So it's interesting in that sense. I just like, I mean, and I, I don't know, we're all part of the MTV generation. So I think it was like that to the height and degree. So I dug that. And I like love stories a lot. <laughs> I can't really stand here and tell you to like something you don't like. I just know it connected with me. Sure you can. That's the whole point of this podcast. We disagree with <laughs> each other personally over movie review taste. I saw it three times in the theater, but I saw it recently and I don't think it's aging well. Well, uh, one thing that I'm, I'm wondering... Out, for me, it came out the same time as uh, like as as True Romance. And, and True Romance was the movie that I saw more. I saw that like three times in the theater. My only issue with... Uh, like, I, I love Oliver Stone. Um 
but I think this is where he started, and it might just be that it's too over, too MTV ish for me. It's a little over the top. I mean, and looking back, it's cool. I mean, here's a scene, and I, I sort of. But, this but can I just say this? I think Tom. You were supposed to speak more. after. We got Shane, right. and then we'll watch a clip, and then you go, you defend uh, your hatred for uh, Juliette Lewis. So that's that. So, I mean, I like how there's the Native American guy. I mean, it's an Oliver Stone movie. There's got to be a shaman around a campfire somewhere. Well, they which had, is they little... had just been bitten by snake poison and they were hallucinating. From oh, that's bite. what it was. Okay, okay. So, Brian, what are your what? Why do you hate this movie? That that is. A, well, I just a, I don't not, I just don't think a it touchstone for Generation X. It's a well. See, I'd rather watch Wild at Heart. I think Wild at Heart does this movie better. Um, Great film. Love that bad, movie. Like, or uh, you know uh, what is it? Badlands. I just I just thought this was over the hype. Although I do think Tom Sizemore is the best he's ever been in this movie, and I think the whole reason is I think this is literally he's not acting. I think that's just him. Oh, and there's a story I, in his memoir. I'll get to in a second. Uh, I would say uh, you were very close to the truth there. That's pretty much how he is in real life. Yeah, like I just think that that is like that's why like. I, you know, I'll never forget the name Scagnetti, and it's simply because of his performance in that. Um, and we should say that Shane will be telling he worked with Sizemore on a film. We'll get to that in a little bit. I'll try to run through this because I wanted to play clips from from Heat because I do think I think Heat is his best movie, his best performance, uh, and I love him in Heat. Uh, Beloved Chatter's loved one says Oliver Stone's story about knowing that Woody Harrelson came from a very violent and traumatic background after meeting him just once is crazy. Uh, also, I'd love to see Woody Harrelson, like the Woody Harrelson today, play that role. I think he'd be much better. Like, because again, I think that opened up a lot of eyes for Woody Harrelson as well. And do you guys agree that Heat's his best one? Because I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get a hey, oh, yeah from anybody. I think he's great. I also think he's great in uh, that Will that, that cheesy Will Smith Gene Hackman movie. He plays a great scumbag uh, mob guy in that. He's Again, it's just a very small role, uh, enemy of the state. But I do think, of course, Heat's his best role. Me, I go with Bringing on the Dead. That is my kind of under-the-radar Scorsese favorite, you know, not out of his big films. That's one of the ones that really connected with me. And I think Sizemore is a tour, like all of his roles wrapped into really kind of one uh and it's really unique his take in that movie that's that's one of the movies i worked on 
Oh, oh, there we go. All right, so let's get to Shane's stories about Sizemore. I mean, I have I have three clips from Heat. You know, I have uh, Saving Private Ryan, Blackhawk Down, but maybe it's boring to go through all these clips to check and let us know, because what the fuck do I know? But all right, so... Well, you probably got, for me, the action is the juice from I did heat. that, and the stop talking right. scene, where he just... I just started here. I'm going to play this real fast, and then... Time. Real tight crew, huh? Real tight. Yeah, this works good. I'd consider going again, you know? Yeah, stop talking, okay, Slate? I'll go fanboy mode. Just that scene. You know all you need to know about his character. You know, it's Michael Mann. It's a, it's a spiritual sequel, sequel to, to Thief with James Caan. But all right, Shane, your moment in the sun. Save this podcast. I've picked too many clips. People are leaving us in droves. Tell us. Maybe we'll, now we'll switch to the to the ugly of Tom worked, Sizemore. The first, well, it was the first movie I ever worked on. So it was like early, whenever that movie came out, 1999. Um and the, the cinematographer was Bob Richardson, who did not bringing out film. the dead. We're talking about bringing out right. the dead. Yeah. Okay. So I got him to sign this and he said, uh, you're insane to love such an evil film. He didn't like it either, Brian. <laughs> but uh, yes, Tom Sizemore was there all the time. My job was mostly to hold the cones on the side of the street so they could park the ambulance whenever it came around the block and they were done shooting. So, I would so what were you like a PA? Is that Parking what that's called? PA. Yeah. Okay. And I would, I'm such a hardcore Nicolas Cage fan that I would um, stand across the street all night in the rain. I would get the sides, find out where they were the next night. And they finally just said, if this guy's going to stand here all night, we might as well give him a job. So they let wow. me be a PA. And that was how I got in the film. And then, uh, so Tom Sizemore, the only memory I really have of him is other than like, he just is him the way he is in his movies. He's just kind of that scumbag kind of guy him and Nicolas Cage sitting in director's chairs and Nicolas Cage just kind of being like, and Tom Sizemore telling him all about the hookers that he was fucking the night before. <laughs> and Nicolas Cage was married to Patricia Arquette at this point. So he was like a married man. And he just was like, had this look like, I wish he would stop talking. And he would just talk at him, at him until they'd have to go film. <laughs> now, was that, I mean, looking back, and I know this is an impossible question, but I mean, his character in the movie is like that too. He's constantly annoying yeah. and exhausted and burnt out Nick Cage. Oh, yeah. So was this method yeah. acting or uh, say, I, if you speak at the same time, we can't hear each other. I know but, you could, you could, you could be right, but Nick looked really annoyed, but maybe he's, you know, such a professional that he's getting into hating him. <laughs> And we have beloved chatters, loved ones saying, bringing out the dead is an unbelievable movie, truly disheartening in every way. Yeah. And I love that scene with what's his name? Ving Rhames. He did. Yeah. Uh, I know they did I say think. like Tom Sizemore was very much like, like not methody, but he was uh, definitely a huge researcher. So he would get really into his roles. But I do think like that's all like kind of for premier magazine. I think, you know, the guy enjoyed himself. I think those stories about the hookers is what Tom Sizemore really was doing. Yeah, I do too. Where As we funny? found out much later. Citizen M, <laughs> Citizen M says, thank Christ that Criterion Collection has finally expanded into 4K Blu-rays. I just bought the Gone Fishing Steelbook. What was the other movie you worked with uh, Sizemore um, on? It was called Ring Around the Rosie. It was a low-budget horror film, probably around 2006 or something like that. But it was when he was... 
around when he was with Heidi Fleiss, I remember he didn't wear underwear, so he would just drop his pants when they'd have to mic him, and you'd just see his dick and his Heidi tattoo, like, right next to his groin. I remember oh. standing there just being like, huh. And then um, he was always on fucking drugs every day, yeah. and they would have to be like, I was in art department, and they would just be like, make sure you have something totally different planned out that you can spend the entire day doing for 12 hours or whatever, in case Tom we have Tom issues. And I can remember one time, like he would just, he, he it was so bad acting too, is what blew my mind. He's pretending in real life and he would just be standing there and all of a sudden he'd be like, Ooh, and he'd fall and he'd hit the floor and they'd get the meds, uh, the medics and they'd come in and they'd put him on a stretcher. Oh, Tom, he fainted on set. Oh my God. And I remember I'm just standing in the corner, like what the fuck with this guy? And we make eye contact and Tom Sizemore just goes, and winks at me. <laughs> the uh, there's an actor named William Butler. He his most famously was in the remake of Night of Living Dead. He's also a director. Texas and he direct- Chainsaw Three, right? Yeah, he was in Chainsaw Three. Yeah, um, and then uh, he's in one of the Ghoulies too. I think one of the Ghoulies. Um, but uh, he was a he became a director and he directed the movie Furnace starring uh, uh, Tom Sizemore. It was a was an epic. I read the article in Fangoria, and I think it has a uh, Ja Rule in it. You know, it's got some other people in it. But Tom Sizemore, he said, directing Tom Sizemore was such the biggest headache because that's it's it's exactly what uh, Shane is saying. Like he would just do th- childish things, just to like throw his weight around. And I knew other people that worked with him. Like he did a couple movies in Connecticut, and a couple other friends that I know directed him. And that's the thing, like he could turn it on and be like, OK, but he drugs had taken his life at that point. You know what I mean? Like, I can't say if he was a good actor or not, because the movie choices he was doing, you know, I don't know how you. Well, you can't say that those are choices. Those were most likely out of necessity at that. Well, point. yeah, but I mean, you can't, you know, when a movie's that bad, I don't care how good you are. It's hard to make it, you know, any better. Um, and usually, you know, a good actor can do that, but. You know, the drugs took over his life, but it was he became a true degenerate. Yeah. And I think that's the thing. Like, I like when he's a scumbag. I think he's awesome as a degenerate. That doesn't mean I really want to go have a beer with him. I mean, that's not true. I would love to get drunk with Tom Sizemore once. Oh, my God. He would. Oh, my. He's probably got great blow. But the other thing (laughs) um, it is that he's like it one time just to say you hung out with Tom Sizemore. But I don't know. Like he is kind of a demeaning person, but that that's why he's so good in those movies. In that in that certain era of movies, yeah. he was unstoppable. Here he is in Saving Private Ryan. I don't think he's good. Oh. Oh, spoiler alert. Oh. Mike, are you all right? I just got the wind knocked out. Get out of here. Pease Doc says, uh, remember he said Elizabeth Hurley had an affair with Bill Clinton? Yeah, it wasn't on the Stern show, which is probably true, and Clinton probably threw No, I mean, I mean, uh, Sizemore was also a noted liar. Go ahead, Stevie Lou, I'm sorry. Right. Oh, yeah, no, no, I wasn't even jumping in there, but I was going to ask Brian, you didn't like the scene where he confronts Ed, uh, Ed Burns' character? Listen, I just think uh, Saving Private Ryan is, I mean, technically it's a great movie, fine, whatever. It's fine, it's, it's a safe Spielbergian movie. I just thought, like... Uh, 
Tom Sizemore always seemed like an old guy to me. Like, why he was too old to be in that movie. Plus, here's the other thing. Fair. He sobered up for that movie, and I think he's chubby. He's like, he lost I, weight. He said in his memoir he was 180 pounds of pure muscle. Brian, I don't know. That wasn't pure muscle, man. That was not pure muscle. Look, look. I like Aerosmith, but not in the 90s. You know, like in the 70s, they were the greatest band in the world. Beloved like, Chatters loved them. Tom Sizemore awful at taking cover and staying off of blow. But that's and I think that's the problem. Like, saving, you know, I don't know. Like he he's not. Well, I mean. He went on to do three more war movies after, you know, he did, or two other, he did Black Hawk Down. Well, and if you're going to use, say, Pearl Harbor as a, a war movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so stupid. All right, I so then see. he definitely, I mean, one thing about his whole career, he had about 14 years on top. You know, he was in A-list movies. And then looking back, he had about 19 years, especially at least the last decade when he was, you know, barely scraping by and making direct-to-video stuff. And, you know, he sabotaged his own career countless times. He when was you caught get in- twice using a prosthetic penis to get out of drugs. Like- yeah, he was a, a true a true degenerate, a junkie, a woman beater, a general pain in the ass. He was on ONA. Let me see if I can do this. It's going to play automatically. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, he was on a bunch of times, but there was one. It's on YouTube, and it's it's titled, like, Awkward Interview. And he's in there to promote his memoir. See if I can find yeah, this right away. You forgot to say Kid Diddler, allegedly, also. True, yeah, we can get into that, too. Yeah, he was accused of uh, touching an 11-year-old. I wanted to make it honest, so I just get it uh, all out there. And Yeah. There are no more skeletons in the closet now. Was there anything that you were talking about? Because you, 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 I said to Tom in the break, I'm like, you really name names. Because meaning that you, you name the people, no. a lot of people don't do that. A lot of people don't mention. I, I don't know. Name a name sounds like like a punk to me, but I, I don't think I name names. I just I talked about certain people that had impact in my life. Well, naming names, I mean, you simply. I didn't say anybody like did drugs. Or, no, no, no. But you mentioned real people. Kind of shit. Well, the, the the people that were in my life were real. Still, how <laughs> yeah, many people yeah. don't do that? I don't, live, I don't. I don't live in a fantasy world like uh, <laughs> like our young people. Right. <laughs> <laughs> or you can just say whatever you want on the internet and just slam somebody and then. Bomb somebody, whatever, and right. then not have any accountability. Go to, go to commercial. Yeah, yeah, right. No account. But one thing I'll say about that, you hear him. He's he's given. You know, Jim Norton is trying to ask questions about the memoir he's there to promote, and Sizemore. You know, he says, "Oh, you, you know, uh, Norton himself has a long track uh, record of substance abuse issues, right? But has been sober forever." So he says, "Hey, you name names here," and Sizemore's like, "No, I don't name names." Well, I've read fifty percent of his memoir. Every page he names names. He starts talking about Edie Falco. The entire memoir is drugs and sex on every single page. He talks about how Peter Green, Zed from Pulp Fiction, right, and Laws of Gravity, right. Soon he purchased a graduate with Edie Falco. How that guy got him into drugs. How he did drugs with Robert Downey Jr. How he was part of that crew at the Vipers, whatever the hell it was, where Johnny Depp uh, or Ita, what's his name, uh, River Phoenix dropped dead right the entire memoir is is all naming elizabeth hurley he had an affair with he had an affair allegedly with juliette lewis when she was 18. the whole book is uh, is is just a catalog of is degeneracy a word it is now it yeah. is now so yeah it's just a, it's just a literal uh scum list so it's it's interesting to hear him talk about uh that in that context where he doesn't want to talk about it also like you know i think it's kind of like listening to artie where I was going to say, he sounds a lot like Artie. Like, you know, it's like, hey, it's the A&A show. Um, <laughs> You're saying but, that those guys, they sound like addicts? 
Because <laughs> you know what? I hate to fucking break down any fucking uh, narratives here, but addicts are kind of pretty similar world round. You know, an addict is an addict is an addict, man. Addict he just sounds is, like he's got a stuffy nose. That's what I was talking about. Like a guy with a perpetual cold. And just an asshole. Like, why does uh, heroin turn you into an asshole on the radio? Uh, I don't know. Because well, they're not accept- supposed to be up that early. <laughs> but here's the thing that Stevie Lou mentioned and sent to me i think me and stevie lou can you guys see this the usa today yep all right so this was uh i mean he had a, a this is a civil lawsuit brought against him by uh, at this point a woman she went back it had been like 10 years before when she claimed that when she was 11 he uh touched her inappropriately and uh you see that Pike's lawyer, Robert Sykes, Pikes was the victim, told USA Today in an email, the dismissal was due to a ruling by the Utah Supreme Court, which upheld the state statute of limitations for sex crimes. So like that was one of the many things he had going against him. Brian, you had mentioned to me uh, before we did this podcast that he had actually been, you know, he's made sort of a comeback, uh, but then he injured a stuntman and I'm going to share that yeah. real quick. Yeah, too. like it was on. Uh, oh man, it was a uh, what's his name? The the heat. Uh, why am I? Help me out. Michael Mann. Michael Mann directed Robbery Homicide or something. Well, something like that. It was a TV show, Robbery Homicide. Yeah, Robbery Division. Homicide Division. You're right. Yeah. It was going to oh be. Oh my god! Like look at all his... these ads. Oh, I've reached our limit. But anyway, he. It was a USA <laughs> show called Shooter. What it was? Oh, uh, is that with that. Oh, another right. weird. Uh, well, that was with uh, Leave Schreiber. I believe. Well, no, the the, the movie was had, the TV show had Ryan Felipe, and uh, You're right. you guys are right. Sorry. So the thing was, I don't have it because I, I guess might have done it on robbery homicide though too. He got into some trouble on that one. So he's sitting in a car. The car's not supposed to move, and apparently, according to the uh, Associated Press, Sizemore improvises, drives the car, and injures a stuntman because nobody was expecting this car to move. And then there were allegations, but never addressed, that he was drunk on set, and that was the whole reason the accident happened. So continual self-sabotage. That's exactly what Shane was talking about. He was like, in case Sizemore goes all Sizemore and decides to drive the car that's not supposed to drive, <laughs> be ready to make sure you're not in front of that tire because he might run you over. Apparently, they didn't have that safety meeting uh, on the set of that movie. Yeah, right. Uh, beloved Chatter's loved one, a call back to a couple of minutes ago. I think the word you're looking for is Jealousy. What are you saying? I wanted to be. <laughs> All right. You... Well, beloved Chatter's loved one, he can call me on my bullshit because we closed the bar at DabbleCon together in Rochester, New York. So he knows he knows my dark secrets. Uh, let's see. What else is going on here? Mr. Be Nice, no one makes you do drugs. If they did, I'd hang out with them. Ooh, he injured a stuntman. Alec Baldwin is capping people on sets. Right. Yeah. So Alec Baldwin's really stepped it up. But Tom Sizemore had his say. That was from Beloved Chatter's Loved Ones. Mr. Be Nice, stop forcing these awesome and expensive drugs on me. Uh, All right, so he went on Howard Stern. Go ahead. Carl, really quick about that little kid situation there. I want to say, like, this was quite a roller coaster of a morning. I found out at first because I fell asleep early last night that he died. You know, so I woke up to the news that he was dead. Then I watched a few clips of Saving Private Ryan and got a little, like, misty-eyed. Then I did a little research and found out that he was a child molester. Right, and that fucking alleged. blew my head. Alleged. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. At first, never I convicted, first, never charged with the crime. I was going through his biography and read that first, and read the clip that it referenced uh, the the article, original article from back when it happened, because it there's a story about how it happened as well. Uh, but then read later that he was 
civil case was dropped, but then found out the only reason the civil case was dropped, it was due to the uh, statutes of limitations ending. So that's like, what the fuck? My head was all fucked up. But here's the thing, right? So apparently on the this set- This is the when, investigation from the Hollywood Reporter right. back in 2017. Yeah, right. If that's what I read. It. That's what I read that fucked me up because there's this thing which I was, I could see. Okay. So apparently when it happened, they were shooting just- Still, photos, Still photography, yeah. right, right. So, but everybody was on set, and the girl said something, and apparently all the PAs got together and wanted to beat the shit out of Sizemore. So apparently they all grabbed hammers, <laughs> or were they trying to shake so, them down for drugs? So like, we know well, the PAs. The are thing. All like, drug I can see first of all, I can see me, Spears, and Shane all like passing hammers out to all the PAs to go get Sizemore for this, and also good on them for knowing they were going to probably need multiple hammers to take that guy down because he was not going to go down you know softly they were going to have to take him down like, i couldn't feel his out. face anyway whacked exactly. out on you know so, can you imagine being on the set for that where you had to like form some sort of like fucking little bounty gang to go fucking get size more for the diddling that's why the love chatters loved one he mixed in sleeping with elizabeth hurley an 18 year old julia lois and then threw in an 11 year old after i sent that son of a bitch yeah, at one point, like in his memoir, he talks about he had like you know he had three relationships going on. Well, definitely, he he kind of poses that all he was a sex addict in addition to everything else. But what kind of did him in finally, which is really sort of the first nail in his coffin, was Heidi Fleiss, the aforementioned Heidi Fleiss, the Hollywood madam, who's just like I mean, talk about a piece of shit. But that was a big no-no in Hollywood to even be associated with her at that point. Yeah, and this is well, this is like a, this is years after she's stood trial and all that stuff. He uh, he talks about how he met her. He had a crush on her. I guess first met her in '91, but he didn't have any money. And they get together and blah blah blah. Heidi and I started to fight uh, about other women, uh, but we fought about other things as well. When I went on Howard Stern to promote Black Hawk Down, I arranged for her to come with me so she could promote her book Pandering. Heidi made a big thing on the air about how she didn't like Black Hawk Down which was just the worst thing she could have done. So her going on this Stern appearance, first of all, Stern being the genius that he was, made it all about Heidi Fleiss and not Who would about- have thought that Heidi Fleiss would have been difficult? Shocking. Right, like just, yeah. So I do have, let me see if I can get this to work. And this will be our last video. And I guess we'll then call it a day. Uh, just an other ugly stuff about, oh no, we got to talk about the sex tape. We got to end with the sex tape. And then, and then Shane's three movies. So, all right, so here he is on Stern. Now, the only way I could get this file to work was to upload, not upload, but to have the entire thing. Everything else I clipped to a minute. So we might have to skip around a little bit. Just please bear with me. Let's see, this is Sizemore on Stern. Is this the one? Hopefully this is not something in a- Fucking put it, you asswipe. Mayday, Mayday, Mayday. Hey now. <laughs> Heidi Fleiss is going to come in here with her boyfriend. I don't even, I think they might even be engaged. I think so. Tom Sizemore is with Heidi, which uh, Tom Sizemore is like a major actor, and Heidi got him. And he's I don't, a great actor. It's a catch. I, I want you to ask Heidi. I said, how the hell did you get this guy? She goes, I don't know what he's doing with me. I was going to say, I think this is indicative of problems. Yeah. <laughs> Tom, Tom Sizemore's problem. Yeah. We know Heidi has oh, problems. Oh, we know. Yeah, but if you go with Heidi, you got problems. <laughs> I'm going to ask you, do you have a problem? <laughs> right this way. Uh, I get that. We just need you to shut the video camera off, please. That's sure. right. For my homies in the pen. She's annoying right off the bat. What's up, guys? For my homies in the pen. Homies in the pen. <laughs> Two drug addicts. No, come on. Well, it's a, How you doing? It's a one-way street. Yeah. It is. Yeah. That's fine with that. I like one-way streets. I know where I'm going. So what's up, guys? 
Sex tips. Black yeah, and then like everybody he dated, according to his memoir, like that, you know, they had to be attractive, they had to be uh, good in bed, and they had to use meth. And Tom, this is your first appearance, right? In studio here, it's Jimmy Kimmel and Artie Lang, by the way. So let me see if I can skip ahead because it, it's a boring interview. That's the thing about Sizemore. Even on uh, on ONA, the times he was on, he was not a good guest. Uh, but in this one, he shows off the tattoo that Shane alluded to earlier as proof that Shane uh, did, in fact, see Tom Sizemore's growing area. So let me see if I can get this to work. I can oh, show I you guys on the doll where it is. <laughs> Say that again? <laughs> I can show you guys on the doll where his tattoo is. I could show you on the clip from the movie. Right, uh, it's right here. Feel free to talk amongst yourselves while I try to find this. I uh, I got his autograph. Um, I don't know if you can see it. I was, he was one of the actors oh, that like at least three or four points of my career, like at three or four times, he was rumored to be in all the movie, like a movie that I was going to work on, and I never got to work with him. I actually would have been excited to work with him. There's even, this Bill even in those. Thing drug-fueled days it would have just been cool to say i got to work with tom sizemore well i mean natural born killers is one of my all-time favorite movies ever so i got him to sign that scagnetti picture and he told me the story i thought it was a uh, picture from the set and he said that's him giving the finger to the press after he came out of juliet lewis's trailer the morning <laughs> after they were doing drugs and having sex all night long he does she doesn't come what? off well in his memoir like according, you know, he he has a lot to say about her. On your groin. In the well, there it is. The groin. Uh, Do you shave your pubes? Is that what's going on over there? <laughs> Tom, no, what's up? No, he's like an Oriental. Oh, he's really? You don't have much hair, do you? That was the rule for getting her to move in. She had th she had four rules: the tattoo, yeah. don't lie to me, don't lie to me, nah, -uh. and don't lie to me. Do you have to do whatever I say? <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me understand something now. So tell me what it's like if uh, I get into a relationship with Heidi Fleiss. Do you bring other girls home into the bed? Uh, not yet. We're a dud. Do, do you have a lot of sex, or or, or is she? I'm terrible in bed. Yeah. What? Yeah. I'm, I'm just curious what goes on with Heidi and Tom, because and Heidi doesn't mind. She's an open book. I called her last night. I said, you know, I heard you guys want to come on. She goes, let me call you back in 15 minutes. We're having a huge fight right now. <laughs> oh, what did you fight about? It, they always seem benign in the end, but we will. It's not. It's natural. And if it, if someone's in a relationship and you don't fight, I think that's abnormal. And we're inseparable. Which Classic codependent relationship. Uh, yeah, they're messed out of their head there. Yeah, yeah like who used the last bump? That's yeah. what they're arguing about. <laughs> it's funny. Beloved Chatter's loved one has the same chain of thought. He's like, I am no expert on these things. Right. But the five minutes before they left the hotel room, a record number of drugs are consumed with both hands. Yeah. Tom and I, uh, you know, we talk about our future, et cetera, and children. And uh, children. let me see if I can fast forward to because it's there, it's not a great interview, but she does start bad mouthing Black Hawk Down. This is fascinating, man. I'm like, I can't take my eyes off these two. It's kind of like watching a Chad Zumok uh, show. Look at my dad. This is like a sad Chad episode. Do you guys hit before before Ski Mask got sober? I like this sober Ski Mask. Yeah, that'd right. be hot. No, no, no. <laughs> Two fist fighting each other. He'd have no teeth. All right, and and the sex is good, Tom. Hey, it's all right. It's the best. It what is the best. Do you think? Really? She I'm puts a, out. I love for a lot of reasons. Really? She's the she's the funniest funniest broad I ever met. She's the brightest broad I ever met. <laughs> Tom Sizemore uh, comes clean. And, uh, and she's a uh, she's a lovely uh, you know whatever that stuff you do after nine o'clock. That's nine, Fred, right? In the morning. Fred Norris she's playing a, the know, music there. Yeah, 
Uh, yeah, yeah, probably. Right and then Artie with the one-liners. Right. That's brilliant teamwork on that one. Man, right there. Tom Sizemore nope. outlived Artie. I mean, I mean, Artie outlived <laughs> Tom Sizemore. Yeah. Jesus. Kidding. <laughs> and she's wow. lovely. Hey, she made up Heidi where she got busted. She never ever drew in her life, <laughs> never in retail. And what's crazy about this, he's there to promote Black Hawk Down, Ridley Scott movie, all-star cast. And he brings on Heidi Fleiss. Like, they didn't ask for her. He brought her in. Yeah, but that's his descent. Into, like, this is, you know, that was probably, I mean, if you look it up, was that his last big Hollywood movie? It's yeah. close. It's close. Yeah, and the I guess Red just Planet the fact, as Matt towards... alluded to, the fact that he was mixed up with their it's huge no-no. The PR people were like, we, you know, we don't, want, we want no part of this. Uh, and I believe shortly after this, he got arrested. I think for assaulting her, and he got dropped by his management. I could be wrong, but I think that's correct. Here, yeah. I got something She's for a you. Bomb. Heidi, go ahead, Stevie Lou. Right after around this time, he ended up doing uh, Grand Theft Auto Vice City. He was one of the main voice actors. He did this guy Sonny in Vice City. So he was still finding work off screen, you know, where clearly... Listen, Ray Liotta did Vice City also. Another problem. Another problem, you know? Let me see if I can find. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. Whack job. Heidi Fleischer's trouble. Her image is horrible. I bet you a lot of friends left you because they didn't want to hang around with Heidi. Am I correct? No. no hey, listen. Yeah, no friends. Everybody wants to hang around Heidi. No, come on. No, what? It's like, yeah, you're hanging out with complete junkies. I bet the friend she wasn't allowed to mention was Charlie Sheen. I'm just throwing he that out told, there. He handled, he got rid, he fired <laughs> oh, her. He fired her. Yeah, so uh, somebody told Tom Sizemore to drop her, and instead of listening to his you know, management, he fires them. He fired him. Good. <laughs> he fired I like that you're saying that. Look, I need a real man. <laughs> if you're going to sit and worry about... Hello? I'm worried about what a magazine Hello? is. I'm worried about what the you're star fired. is writing. Right. Yeah. You're fired. Noctis John says, none of the actors got paid for so Vice you, City. They got screwed. I wasn't aware of that. And then fired? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good move. Oops, sorry. I just screwed that up. Of the day, sixty percent of the day, shutting Heidi up and telling you. No, she shuts me up. I talk way too much. Really, Heidi, you're very honest. You did you tell Tom you don't like the movie? Right away. Right away. Seem like she likes Tom that much, really. don't care about much. You do you like Tom? I love Tom. You do. All right. We just want to make sure. I spoil him rotten. You do. She does. All right. That's enough of that. Beloved chatters. Loved one says, I'll let you in on a secret. She's a fantastic drug dealer and a below average girlfriend. Yeah, I would, I would take those odds. All right, so let's uh, wrap up here. Let me see if I can get rid of a couple of other things. All right, so in what year was it? 2005, Sizemore releases a horror film known as the Tom Sizemore sex tape. And I think, I think Brian, you and I, we've known each other since we were little kids, not to make this really weird, yeah, but I believe, where's this going, dude? I, <laughs> you guys watched it together? I believe we watched it together at your yeah. house. I, I know for a fact watched we watched it. it together. Yeah. It was and, given to us. We got like a bootleg copy of it. And I was like, you know, when Tom Sizemore sex tape, you can't, you yeah. gotta watch it. What do you I downloaded it off a of BitTorrent. No, yeah, we, don't, we don't know how to do yeah. Wait, did you say you did that, Matt? Yeah. I downloaded it off a of BitTorrent. Dishonest bastard. Uh, but in terms of, I mean, I'm no judge of celebrity sex tapes, but I am a movie critic right, for the purposes of this broadcast. Uh, it's disturbing. Yeah. I mean, he's playing one of his characters. That's why I'm saying he's Scagnetti, man. He's totally, 
I think that's... I don't think I saw it, guys, oh, so you might God. have to describe it. <laughs> well, that's it's, the thing. You're not missing much it. sex. It's just him doing <laughs> meth with a bunch of weird chicks. And that it's just yeah. him talking. So it's fascinating on that aspect. And at the time, he's got criminal charges pending from Heidi Fleiss. And so yeah. he stops, and he's having threesomes with these prostitutes. And then he'll stop, or while he's having a sex act performed on him, he'll turn the camera on himself and go on a rant. And then like, he just Chad screams Zumok at style, one point. Like, you know how Chad does those? Like He must be copying uh, Tom Sizemore about how like Heidi's wronged him and he's innocent and all this insanity. And I also forgot to mention the scene in Natural Born Killers where he kills that sex worker. Everyone remember that? Where it's revealed that he, the Sagnetti, is a serial killer. He was yeah. totally actually on blow during that exact scene. The the, mar the the cocaine that he consumes in that scene, according to his memoir, uh, was all uh, real. So he was definitely high out of his mind that entire movie, as Shane had kind of alluded to earlier. He's in like some silk skivvies, uh, covered in sweat, choking a hooker to death. That makes total sense. Beloved Chatters, loved one, one of the few sex tapes I actually watched. Man, it's fucked up. Yeah. Are we talking a BYB podcast? Are we talking about Hunter Biden or Sizemore now? Oh, great. Now I'm going to get like flagged somehow. Mr. Be Nice. Faptastic. All right, let me see if I can bring it up. This is Opie and Anthony talking about Tom Sizemore's sex tape. I got to go to video file. Here it is. And I actually, this was a 20-minute discussion that I just sort of condensed to a couple of minutes. Problem. He went out with Heidi uh, Fleiss too, right? Very briefly, Very yeah. briefly? Oh, yeah, let me just see one thing. Uh, also claimed to have sex with Paris Hilton at the time. A lie. Yeah, and she, I think, there was some type of lawsuit where he had to admit that was a lie, that he never had sex with uh, Paris Hilton. Also claimed that he had sex with her when she was, like, in her teen years. Well, yeah, is... like, I think that was the other thing. It would have been, like, if you did the math, it didn't look good for him. Mr. Be Nice, did you watch the Tommy Lee tape for Tommy? <laughs> had a few problems with uh, the cocaine. He seems to like the cocaine. The booze. The booze. He's had some domestic uh, problems. Been arrested for him, jailed. Wait, who's he talking about? Violated that probation, <laughs> or is it parole? Oh, wait, was that? Okay, sorry. <laughs> that you violate. I don't know. Maybe it's both. All right, so he decided who's to make this what? guest? Sex you tapes? know who the guest is? Yeah, I, I think. The wait, what? Who's no, the that, guest that's that's Anthony. Oh, 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 oh. They said his name. Macaroni John. I see. I'm not. I'm oh, not okay. familiar I'm with sorry. the AOA. Oh, not, not worth me stopping. I'm sorry about that. No, that's okay. I, I had his name, but I didn't write it down. Uh, Beloved Chatter's loved one says from the vivid sites. Sizemore entertains multiple ladies as he brings them to screaming orgasms. The only way Sizemore can. Sizemore will keep you watching, if only to see what he does next. <laughs> nice. Nice. These were made in, I think, 2003. He makes reference to that at some point in the uh, in the tape. And I'm sure at the time he wasn't planning on, uh, on on releasing them publicly, but he was videotaping himself having these having sex with um, with Hollywood hookers, which are essentially porn stars, yeah, and, um, or porn actresses. And they uh, and uh, they stupid phone. So how okay. does how did the tapes get out there? Tom Sizemore is broke and needs money. <laughs> he uh, he's going he's going to jail for violating his parole. Yeah. And uh, he's in rehab now, I think. And he is—he needs money. That's the reason. That's—that's that's the only reason tapes that are this long, with this oh. much footage on it, get out. Is because the person that's in them had some intention of releasing them and making a profit off them. These are very, very uh, 
brutally yeah. graphic. He looks yeah. all drugged out and stuff. Yeah, I think that was uh, Danny well, we Ross. Got the audio no, the, the guy talking was Steve C. That was their oh, original was producer. Steve yeah. Felici. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was either Danny or Steve. You're right. Yep. And uh, there's some classic, classic audio here. Uh, the first one. I mean, what I kind of like about this discussion here is that Opie, to me, takes the sensible view like, wow, this guy's desperate and sad and this is disgusting. And Jim Norton, of course, is all over it like it's the greatest, you know, like it's a Disney movie. When Tom introduces himself, what's this about, Steve? Just a brief little introduction to establish who the person in the thing is. And he's, you know, sort of mumbling. If Obviously... It helps to have the video in front of you when you're watching it because his eyes are all glazed over. Right. He's, you know, his big bags under his eyes. He's obviously been up for a few they days. They know they're being filmed, right? He, yeah. This is not hidden camera. He's holding the camera and pointing it at his face. And okay. some of these, it's a two or three camera shoot. He's got porn chicks on either side of him operating cameras while he's uh, eating ass. The only or, movie you know, he directed. Job. So this is, this is not <laughs> hidden camera work. Wow. All right, let's yeah. start with the first clip. My name's Tom Sizemore. I didn't do it. I deny all culpability. I wasn't there. It hasn't been even remotely fair. Okay. So let's stick around. Uh, but first, here's track three. He's uh, trying to tell Rest everyone how peace, smart Tom he is. Yeah. It's been my experience, and I'm not saying I'm smart. Oh, by the way, as he's making as he's making this speech, uh, a female is performing fellatio on him. I'm not very smart, but I'm not stupid. Like I know, like Thomas Jefferson wrote the uh, Declaration of Independence. He didn't write the Constitution. See, that was a whole bunch of guys. Alexander Hamilton, Thomas Paine, Benjamin Franklin, a whole bunch of cats. They were called the Founding Fathers. How about that? And they wrote it by where? What city? Philadelphia. Mm. 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 Moaning a little, ugh. Oh, he's kind of creepy. Mm. Uh, yeah, where'd you? Mm. His moaning <laughs> takes me right out of the game. No, yeah, see, I, I, I don't mind because he's not talking. God. Wow, he is gone. Is creepy, man. Yeah. I he love him. Fallen. <laughs> I love him, dude. Why do you love him? Because he's just a raw, Trying to dump a load male. How do you yeah. not? And he's such a good actor. How do you love him, man. Jim I mean, can totally relate. He's obviously very yeah. desperate and very sad. Anyway, all right. That was audio from the ONA show as they listen to. Uh, and I, of course, go find that video or, or no. go find that clip. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant the Tom Sizemore. Or video. You, oh. you could do that too. Or it you is, could just come over. It's playing on a loop <laughs> all weekend. I well, might still like, have it on a hard drive somewhere. He claimed no. that Juliette Lewis never liked to leave her house when they lived together and that she would play pornography on a 24-hour loop. On a 24-hour loop, yeah, yeah. The weird thing about that is that she was raised a Scientologist and drugs are just a, a big forbidden thing in Scientology, which is why it's very hard for me to believe any story that he has about her. He claims that Scientology came and saved her. They sent her to some type of Scientology rehab. And then she, then she at the writing of his 2003 memoir, she was sort of out of Hollywood. Also, but, but watch her, I think, uh, Yellow Jacket season yeah. two premieres this week. Go check out Juliette Lewis on Showtime. Also, she's well documented that she's had her issues as well. Hell yeah. And who has? And, right. and her father is amazing. Her father yeah. is an amazing actor, and look well, him he's up dead. away the gun. I know, but Jeffrey he's still, he's still an amazing actor.
Beloved Chatter's loved one says, Tom locks himself in five crack hours in a hotel room, a lot of drugs, and a lot of whipped cream. Yep. Beloved Chatter's loved ones, you get to watch him f- fail to get hard for an hour and then perform oral sex on each, uh, each of which looks more disgusting. Yeah, it's not, I mean, I don't even know. Well, I'm, listen, I'm not you're not go watching s- it for the sex. Listen, no. as, a, as a connoisseur of celebrity sex tapes, you're very rarely watching. You're usually checking to see what they have in their house. And stuff like that. So the whole purpose of watching the Tom Sizemore sex tape is it is a moment of madness that you're watching somebody that should have a career just sink. It, that's why what fascinates me is like, why are you doing this? It would definitely oh, be so, one of those. It would be a, uh, a, a, a a video that if you clicked on it, it would be it would be removed from whatever service you're trying to uh, uh, get it from these days, if you know what I mean, because it's over the line in a lot of ways. I think there would be safety issues and the, the identity of the people in there, other than Tom Sizemore, is weird. I'm actually surprised it's still available. But that was at the apex of the celebrity sex tape of, phenomenon. Of Yeah, yeah. So, all right. That, that's all I got. I thought we would just well, talk need, about... Are we going to find out uh, the three thank movies you. Shane recommends? Yes. All, all right, awesome. Shane. This is the this whole is, reason I'm here. There's 19 people... You guys know that I'm masturbating right now, staring <laughs> yes. stuff on your bookshelves. <laughs> and your posters. <laughs> Not your well, don't worry, I've masturbated all over my books and posters too. So. <laughs> hey, Mister, do you want some dope? All right, Shane. What are, what's three movies that you've watched lately? You are a movie buff. You are a movie aficionado, if that's the right word. Sure. What do you got for us? Uh, one I would suggest. I like. There's this actor I love that no one ever talks about. Kyle Gallner. He was in Big Love, Jennifer's Body, Haunting in Connecticut, unfortunately, the Nightmare on Elm Street reboot. And, and Red Smile. State, Red State, which was awesome. And unfortunately, Smile, that sucked too. Wait, who was he in Big Love? I watched that. He was probably one of the dudes that was a Mormon or something. <laughs> who was he, he in was Red young State? Man, though. He was also really young in, in Big Love. I think he was one, one of, of the best three friends. boys that go to get the hooker or whatever. I thought Smile had its moments too. I walked out with 10 minutes left out of the I mean, all okay. I'll say is Smile has some pretty good effects, all right? So I don't yeah. want to, like, you know. It wasn't complete dog shit, but the ending was garbage. Absolutely. He was completely wasted in Scream 5. They used him for nothing in that movie just to kill him. Unfortunate. But he's in this movie called Dinner in America that I loved. And it's like, it's almost harkens back to 90s indies. It's very indie. And it's in your face. But is it a horror? Is it a drama? Is it a Tom Sizemore sex tape? Punk rock kind of like he's like, you know, those dudes that are like, they dress like skinheads, but they're good. They're not bad. Those guys. The sharp skinheads for was, against racial was, prejudice. They're green called. room. Wasn't yeah, that in green room? Uh, so I, I didn't know what was up with them, but he kind of dresses like that. And he falls in, it's kind of like him kind of having, starting a relationship maybe with this girl who's into his punk rock music. And like, it's just funny, family drama, but it's mostly, a, it's like a drama, comedy, falling in love kind of indie movie. But it's Always indie. the romantic you. All right, what's another one? What's another one? What else you got? Uh, Rebecca Hall's in this movie called Resurrection with Tim Roth, who's another one of my favorite actors. And that's kind of like about a woman who has PTSD and it's from this guy, Tim Roth, and she ends up seeing him around town a lot. And it's kind of how she has to deal with that. And her acting is like really insane in it. 
just portraying a woman with that kind of fear put into her with just being in the same room as a man. What else has Rebecca Hall been in? Uh, Christine. And Christine, right? Or is that the movie I'm thinking of? It's the movie the anchor, where, she's, where she's the anchor, the news yeah, anchor who yeah. committed self harm uh, yeah. on screen. Good and then movie. I don't. And then she, and then the, the best Iron Man, Iron Man three. She was in that. Yeah, I think. Hello, Charlie. Don't surf. All right. What's your last one? And then uh, Becca Hall is oh, amazing. And then Duel with uh, what's his name? Is that Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad? Paul Aaron, I don't know. Aaron it's, Paul, <laughs> he's in it, and then pig, the, uh, pig, Pigman? sorry, pig, pig, Pigman. That We're Pigman full circle. Pigman's yeah. gonna be Pigman. In, oh my god, you don't even know what just did for us right there. Thank and you. then uh, the girl in it is one of the Guardians of the Galaxy, Thanos's cybernetic blue-looking daughter, Gamera's sister. But, oh, uh, um, she was on Doctor Who. What's her name? Um, she's very. Yeah. She always plays basically someone who's autistic in every role. It seems, and she does it's it. In well. Jumanji. Come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> but she's in it, and it's kind of the story is just that um, she thinks. I don't. I don't want to give it away. I'd say go into it blind. It's so freaking good. It was one of my favorite movies I've seen in years. All. What's of it called were. again? Duel. D U A L, and it's on Hulu. And the cover, I saw the cover at Walmart one time, and I I laughed my ass off. And I was like, I can't believe Aaron Paul is reduced to this. That's how bad the marketing is for it. Just go into the movie. It's freaking awesome. He's doing gambling commercials. That's that's where he's at right now. Shane, did you see Emily the Criminal? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, that's a great movie. I like her a lot, too. All right, let's end it. We're going full circle here. You see the comment from Age of Quarrel. Chad is Pinkman Eternal, of course, a reference to Kevin Brennan from the Misery Loves Com- uh, Misery Loves Company podcast, who constantly says that co-host Chad is Pinkman from Breaking Bad. But I have said, at least in the chat, and no one's ever paid attention to me, Chad is not Pinkman. No, no. Chad is Todd, the killer, the heartless killer who kills for no reason. That's that's Chad, not Pinkman. Pinkman's lovable, and he gets away in the end. Am I right he's here? The happy ending. I totally. I don't. I, I don't get the Pinkman. I mean, I understand he's the dumbass. Is that that's what Brennan's trying to to use that as? But there's something lovable. There's nothing lovable at Chad, and that's the thing. Like uh, he's totally. I never. The, I never liked ch- Pinkman's character. I never felt that. Oh really? See, I. Yeah, I, I think he was a total. Well, I think it's the other guy. Uh, you know, Todd. White. That guy was also an asshole. Uh, fat Todd Damon. takes Pinkman captive at the end. Yeah, Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Fat, yeah. da- fat Damon. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Todd Damon. is just a garbage human being. But that's Chad. That's more Chad than Pinkman. All right. So let's end on that stupid note. Uh, beloved Chatter's loved one gets the last chat, last chat saying, and never forget what happened to Pinkman. He got away, right? Yeah. Isn't it? Went yeah. to Canada. BYB podcast says Stevie Lou is Walter White. Watch your back. He's the mastermind. (laughs) Stevie Lou, thank you so much for coming on. Give us your plugs. Thank you for having me on. Yeah, I do uh, Sad Chad on Thursdays with my buddy Steel Toe. Uh, what the hell? Ski mask. Oh, oh, there we go. Now we know who, who you're a minion. Uh, we're an hour and a half in. I'm fatigued. I love you, though, buddy. This is awesome. Thank you to you and Brian for doing this. Uh, but yeah, we do steal. Jesus, sad Chad with <laughs> ski mask on ski mask collective. Yeah, thank you. Ski mask collective. Uh, usually Thursday and I have blunt smoker video. That's all out of me. I'm sorry. Shit.
No, yeah, yeah. We went long. I apologize. We usually only do an hour. Hippie. I am a stoner hippie. Thank you. Matt? Mondo Creepy. Uh, Look for a new episode uh, or a series of episodes in the next couple of months. And uh, Stevie Lou, want to talk to you. If you got like some movies or some projects, I'm always looking for for new material to show, to put on the show. So my DMs are open, Matt. Hit me up afterwards. Give me up. Now, if we're going to talk about money, we get a cut of that because you just yeah, said sure. it on my of goddamn course. show. Sure, because there's plenty of money to pass around for the show. No problem. Yeah, this is a union job. I know oh, yeah. what's going on here. All right, Shane, thank you so much, man, for coming on. I know it's early in the day for you. Artist, filmmaker, poet, banjo player, Fredhead, Shane French. Got to go see Nightmare on Elm Street. Thanks a lot. Yeah. All right, that's that. See you guys later. Bye. Later. Bye. Later.